T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 92.9 The Game, back with you on the John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia studios on this Tuesday evening. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Chuck always gets first request. Little Lionel Richie to get us started here. 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media at 9th of the game at JMCH316 on Twitter. Hey, the uh, NFL season is here. First week is in the books. The Cash the Ticket podcast helps you bet smarter on both college and pro games. Mike Valenti, Jim Costa, set the stage for the weekend of football with tips and tricks. It is free on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast from. That is the Cash the Ticket podcast. We will uh, talk to Aaron Torres here in just a little bit. We're efforting our guy that talks about college football from Fox Sports, Aaron Torres. <clears throat> right now, Braves are underway here in San Francisco. Mets, by the way, are losing 4-1 to one right now. And that's DeGrom that was pitching tonight. And I saw some kind of stat that talked about, oh, you know, it was six innings of eight strikeouts. No, no. Okay, but he gave up three runs. I mean, he's losing right now. They're down 4-1. to one. He gave up all four runs. Three of them are earned. Yes, six strikeouts, four hit. No, I take that back. He only gave up three of the four runs. Uh, Lugo gave up the other run, but he gave up three of the four runs, six innings, four hits, 10 strikeouts, gave up a homer, no walks. But right now, he is set to be the loser in that game. And they're in the bottom of the ninth, uh, by the way. So unless they uh, rally, they've already scored one run. They've scored one run in the inning, but they were down four to nothing going into the ninth. They have scored a run, so we'll see what happens there. Braves, meanwhile, are underway here in San Francisco as uh, no score early uh, in this game with the uh, Giants up to bat, and I believe a man on second base. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But possibly a chance for the Braves, depending on, you know, unless there's something crazy here that happens in the ninth inning, a definite chance to uh, pick up a game here on the men's tonight, and we'll see what Kyle Wright uh, does uh, in his outing uh, tonight. So, um, you know, important start, I think, for Kyle Wright because they need to get him, quote-unquote, right and get him back to – what he's been, and obviously he's got an extra day here uh, to be able to start. <coughs> Excuse me. So we'll see what uh, what goes on there. We'll keep you up to date before we get out of here at the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief. Um, do this. Uh, hit our college football roundup music. Find our college football roundup intro, and we will uh, get into a little bit of college football. By the way, we will be with you tomorrow night even after Atlanta United, and that's exactly when we'll be on. We'll be on after Atlanta United up to 11 o'clock. So whatever time they finish up in post game, it should go pretty quick. We'll be on after that. All right, let's get to a college football roundup. 
It's time for the College Football Roundup. A complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. You know, I do think it says a lot. I mentioned this earlier in the show. I do think it says a lot about the fact that even though Alabama did beat Texas, and yes, it was a close game, the fact that they went and beat Texas, but Georgia played an FCS team, beat them like they should, and jumped Alabama. Three years ago, that would not have happened. Three years ago, Georgia would not have gotten the benefit of the doubt over Alabama when those if that same scenario would have happened. And now Georgia beating Samford and Son. But they beat Samford and Son. So they beat Rollo, Grady, Lamont, and Esther. So they beat Samford and Son. And they shut them out, which they should. Alabama beats Texas, but they leaped over Alabama. And they're now the new number one in the nation. That offense didn't even look that great either for uh, no, the University of Georgia I mean, it Georgia was either. what it was. It was 33 I mean, nothing. I mean, it was. They didn't look great in the red zone. I mean, yeah. outside of that. I mean, but the defense, the defense was great. But, I mean, it sa- but it says a lot about where Georgia's perception is nationally that they would jump over Alabama in that scenario and go to number one. As the Braves are down now, Jock Peterson, <laughs> shocking, huh? He singles in a run, so uh, he those knocks uniforms in. are hideous, by the way. For yeah, the they are. Those, those, those creamsicles. Now, let me tell you though. So, Jock Peterson, who I love, also knocked in one of my other favorite players in baseball, which is this Mike Yastrzemski kid, because I grew up watching his grandfather. I was I grew up watching Carl Yastrzemski play, so I love Mike Yastrzemski because I loved his grandfather, and that was one of my that was one of my grandfather's favorite players too. So, anyway. Um, Ohio State said that they expect Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming, excuse me, to play this weekend against uh, Toledo. So he did not play. Look, Ryan Day made it very clear. If he's not 100%, he was, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who may be the best wide receiver in the country, was not going to play against Arkansas State. And he didn't. And they really didn't need him because they throttled Arkansas State. But anyway, um, so they expect those guys to be back against that powerhouse out of the MAC. This is the MAC part of Ohio State's schedule is now they get Toledo, right? This was always kind of the joke about, you know, Ohio State. They always would win. They'd win the MAC championship first and then go play their Big Ten schedule. But they expect him to be back. Uh, Ryan Day saying, quote, he's further along than he was at this point last week. We're going to expect him to play this weekend. We'll see how this week goes. We're going to put him only in the game if we feel sure that he's ready to roll. I agree. There's no reason right now to have to force him or worry about playing him in these cupcake games, right? That it sort of of is what it is with all of that. So uh, expect arguably the nation's best wide receiver to be back on the field this weekend. Um, Texas football coach Steve Sarkeesian channeled a little bit of Nick Saban yesterday by issuing a warning to his Longhorns after their near upset. Quote, first of all, to quote my old boss, we've got to be careful of the rat poison of people telling us how good we are, which is important. A week ago, everybody told us how bad we were. Now this week, everyone wants to tell us how good we are. We've got to be careful to quiet the outside noise of our building and focus on us. Can I ask a question? Who are all these people telling them how good Texas is? 
I, I haven't heard people like jumping on how great Texas is or whatever. Maybe next starting next year when they get Arch Manning in, then people will start to jump on that bandwagon. But is anybody jumping on the bandwagon of Texas is great now all of a sudden? I don't Sarkeesian must be reading things that I'm not reading on other platforms because I don't know anybody who's jumped on the Texas bandwagon and says, oh, man. I mean, with all due respect, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, you know, look, Baylor took it on the chin over the weekend. That was a pretty good game. They took it on the chin. The Baptists lost out to the Mormons. But, again, I don't know who these people are that maybe he knows something I don't. I mean, Quinn Ewers looked pretty damn good. Yeah, until he's the top recruit at quarterback. Yeah, uh, until he got hurt. I mean, they've had three perfect-rated recruits whoa. in the history uh, of Texas. Whoa, whoa. Until he got hurt. Yeah, but that's, but that's okay. his first FBS Did he finish action. the game? I didn't say he did. Okay. I'm saying he looked good in, in, okay. in the limited Is action. Is he playing this week? <laughs> Is no. he playing for Texas this week? Say No. Of course not. You okay. know the answer. I mean, okay. but, that's but again, that's again. There's not a moral We're victory not. in all this. Almost beating a good team, and your quarterback is now on the shelf. Who's saying that Texas is great all of a sudden because they got close to because they almost beat Alabama for the first time since what seventy eight? Well, the AP poll said they were pretty good. Yeesh. I, I they jumped five, seven rank five rankings. What was it? Jumped to twenty one in the AP poll. Yeah, because you also had all kinds of teams that That's were a losing good around. Of victory. You also had Florida losing. Yeah, right. But they did they jump Florida? Did Florida go to twenty two? I mean, it's again like we just said. Georgia, Georgia jumped the team that won the game. Sure, they jumped up the team. But you had, yet you are oh, sorry. Texas you had Baylor, A&M lost. You had Baylor, Baylor lose. lost. You had Notre Dame lose. You had AM yeah. lose. You had Florida lose. Of course they jumped up. Of course they jumped up. Pitt lost. Pitt they lost. lost to Tennessee. So Pitt lost. AM lost. Notre Dame lost. Baylor lost. Florida lost. That's why they moved up. With all the other teams, you know, they, they went from being not rank, ranked to 21st in one bowl. And they went from let's see, did they they didn't even make the did they even make the coaches poll? No, they didn't even make the coaches poll. So what the hell are you talking about? They went from being not ranked to twenty first in the AP. They're not in the coaches poll. No, take that back. They are twentieth in the coaches poll. They moved up two spots because A and M and Florida and everybody's behind them now. So I don't know what, I, again, I'm not reading anything that talks about how great, you know, it was a nice performance, but you didn't win. If you'd have beat Alabama, that would have been one thing. But you didn't beat them. Lord, have mercy. Lordy, lordy, lordy. So, anyway, look, um, you know, we talked with Ken Segura earlier in the show. This is another interesting home game for Georgia Tech, right? You got Old Miss. This is the first of a home-and-home with Old Miss coming up this weekend, right? Can they beat Old Miss? Old Miss has not announced the quarterback. They're still in flux. But you got to tell me that defensively, they can shut down Zach Evans, who's a tremendous player. If you listen to the college football show, you've heard me talk about him, talked about him here on this show, right? I told you, this is going to be a really good draft for running backs this year. There are going to be multiple guys who are going to be first-round running backs. 
the Bijan Robinsons, the Zach Evans, maybe Jameer Gibbs. There's going to be several guys in that discussion of first-round running backs. And even as you get through the draft, the Chris Rodriguez, and guys, if Chris Rodriguez ever plays again, but it's going to be a good draft for running backs. What can Georgia Tech do to shut down Zach Evans? Because they haven't announced a quarterback, and they're going to bounce around their quarterbacks. But they know they can turn and hand it off to that guy. So we'll see what happens. Georgia got South Carolina. Look, South Carolina is better, I guess. You know, Spencer Rattler's been been pretty good, but he's got he's got three interceptions, right? So he's turning the football over, which is not a not a good sign. I think they're going to go in there and kick the ever living dog snot out of out of them. You know, they got thumped around a little bit by um, by Arkansas, and he had to throw it a crap ton to try to get them back into that game. But he's had too many turnovers this early in the season. And with all due respect, Arkansas's Georgia State's an okay defense. Arkansas's not bad. This is elite now that he's going to face this weekend. This is a major step up. And I like Arkansas a lot. I think they have really good line of scrimmage play. They run the football like K.J. Jefferson a lot. But this is a whole other level. And I think Georgia's going to go in there and just kick the ever-living dog snot out of them. And I know strange things happen in Columbia and this, then, the other. Ain't going to be nothing strange about this one. This is a different Georgia and a different Georgia mindset that this group has. Especially after that, after that arse kicking that they gave Oregon, I think Georgia showed that it's they sent a message to the rest of the world in college football. All right, when we come back, my uh, thoughts about the Atlanta Falcons and what we saw in that game against the Saints. Sports right now to the game, Odyssey.com app. Me and Mrs. Jones. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show, live in the Key Studios, Tuesday night. At the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief. Brown Liquor Music Hour rolling right along here. 
Hey, uh, let's see which one we got here. Hey, First in Pod is the new podcast with Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. Get ready for week two this week of the NFL as they preview all of the games. I love this part here. Hey, take a pair of best friends separated by 500 miles but united by their love of football and give them a podcast. Two episodes every Monday and Thursday for free on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. <sighs> anyway. Uh, Braves have tied it back up. It's 1-1 uh, right now. Grossman um, with the uh, with the run. I think I, I'm trying to remember. I didn't get to see how he I – I don't think it was a sacrifice fly and it wasn't a single. So maybe it was like a ground out or something and drove in the run. I don't even know. But uh, it is – 1-1 right now. So Kyle Wright uh, through the first inning, couple of hits, an earned run, had a strikeout, no walks, 25 pitches to get through that first inning. So let's see if we can kind of calm it down here in these next few innings and eat up a little bit here for this Braves uh, so they don't have to worry about this bullpen. So anyway, um, we'll get to some nonsense coming up here in about 20 minutes from right now. But, you know, obviously we talked about this earlier in the show, my initial thoughts about the Atlanta Falcons. So, look, I do think that there's a lot of good to take away from the Falcons. You know, what it means moving forward, I don't know. But if you're going to tell me that the Atlanta Falcons offensive line will play well and keep our quarterbacks by and large clean and they'll open up holes in the running game, if you'll tell me that our defensive line, while they won't get four sacks a game, they might get – oh, by the way, too, let me mention – uh, Ozzie Albies was five for five with the walk-off home run uh, tonight for Gwinnett. So we'll see what happens. Von Grissom not playing tonight. I don't know if he's just getting a night off or what have you, but Ozzie went five for five with a walk-off home run if you're looking for any info. Yeah, is that what it is? Is that why he's not uh, not in here tonight? So Garrett, another one of those beer league softball guys. So Garrett, Garrett on Saturdays plays third base for his team in game one, then goes out to left field in game number two. Then I do open heart surgery on Sundays. Then they before they head over to Hooters and grab some, uh, some uh, what is it the uh, 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 the shrimp? What's that? The the uh, some buffalo wings, man. Some some buffalo shrimp, some wings, and some Miller lights. So anyway, sounds like a pretty good Saturday to me. I, I would agree. Trust me. I wish I could have Saturdays like that. But anyway, so look, if you tell me that the Falcons' defensive line is going to play well and we're going to get after the quarterback regularly with pressure. Our offensive line is going to open up holes. That's all good. Because, and as much as I hate to say it this way, even if your quarterback is not able to make plays when you really need it, which is kind of what happened, you know, on the game or, you know, a turnover or a blunder or whatever, if your line of scrimmage can play that well week in, week out, then you're always going to have a shot. Now, you have to – now. You know, this is the other thing about this. Arthur is obviously trying to change up, and we want a culture of winning. And I'm with all of that. And and that would have been a perfect opportunity to close out a game and pick up a win right out of the chute at home against your division rival. My concern is, is that if this team is 0-3 when they come back here to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, what kind of crowd are you going to have with an 0-3 football team about to take on the Cleveland Browns? and go through a stretch of some really tough games. I'm not sure how excited your fan base is going to be at that moment, but we'll worry about that when that that time comes. So I thought that there were so many good things around the line of scrimmage. Now, 
things that have to change immediately, not in a few games, not when I'm carving my turkey, not when I'm ready to set up my Christmas tree, things that have to change now. Number one is Tyler Algier, unless he's hurt, has to be on your active roster. You can't rely on Damian Williams to be your number two running back. Sorry, but, you know, four plays in, he's already hurt. And he had two carries for two yards. Tyler Algier, who you spent a lot of time with in preseason, 17 carries for 68 yards, four catches for 14 yards and a touchdown, had a rushing touchdown as well. He got a lot of run in the preseason. So from from here on out, he's got to be one of your actives. I don't care about big tight end packages or this, that, and the other. He has to be one of your actives. The other thing that has to change immediately is if you're going to sell me on the idea that we needed to draft pass catcher in the top 10 two years ago at number four, or I should say last year at number four, this this year at number eight, if we're going to draft pass catcher with our first two picks over two years in the top 10, then you better target them in the red zone and get them in the end zone. Because Pitch had two catches on, on seven targets. London had five catches on seven targets. They only caught a total of two passes, two passes in New Orleans territory. Both somewhere around the 30, I think one was at the 30, one was at the 34-yard line. Nobody got a target in the red zone. Nobody got a catch in the red zone. They targeted Pitts twice at the 25-yard line. That has to change immediately. Because if you're going to sell me on the idea that these are the guys that we passed up with Panay Sewell, we passed up Micah Parsons, we passed up all these guys, that these are the guys we needed to have, then we better start using them immediately. It's ridiculous to tell me about unicorns and stuff like that, and then we're not using them at the most important spots on the football field. That's coaching, that's quarterback, that's execution. Figure it out. I don't care how the watch was made. Tell me what time it is. I don't care how you've got to get targets and catches to London and Pitts in the red zone. Get them catches and targets. And get them in the end zone. Because your offense isn't going to go anywhere if you can't tell me that my supposed to be my two top-tier pass catchers can't get some things cranked up and going. And you stayed in that game because your defensive line made the life miserable for their quarterback, not just pressure, but you actually hit and sacked the quarterback, and you changed up down and distance, and you got him off the field. I'm not expecting them to get four sacks per game, which would be wonderful. That would be what? 68 sacks? That sound right? 17 times 4, 68? No. Yes, 68 sacks. I don't think we're going to have 68 sacks. But I can tell you this, we're certainly going to blow past 18 this year because I do expect them to get a couple of sacks, and I'm going to have an over-under for Hugh Douglas on the Wade Ford tailgate show because last week I gave him the over-under. I asked him one and a half sacks over-under for the Falcons, and he said under because he's a hater. Hey, as long as we have more than uh, T.J. Watt, that's the big deal. Let's not get too crazy now. But we'll certainly blow past 18. 
and we may do that sooner rather than later. You know, the Rams gave up seven sacks in that game on Thursday night. May do that sooner rather than later. But I was very pleased about how the way our line of scrimmage played. And I thought, look, I thought there were some underrated performance. I thought Michael Walker played well. I thought Jalen Hawkins played well. Kind of sneaky good. Some of those guys thought those guys played well. But you got to get Algier on the field. If you got to sit, um, what's his name? Uh, you know, if you got to sit Damian Williams or you got to sit Felipe Franks or whoever you got to sit, got to sit Keith Davis as your fullback. I don't care. Get Algier on the field so we can get touches. I can't rely on Damian Williams to be my running back because Cordell Patterson had a magnificent game. But 22 carries puts him on pace for over 350 carries. The, the true number is 374 if you average out 22 by 17. He'll never survive that. He'll never survive 374 carries. That's Jamal Anderson kind of numbers there. That's setting all-time records. wonder what Jamal's number was in 20 – or sorry, in uh, 19 – 98, what his uh, what his carries were out there. But I liked what we saw out of the running game. Um, I, I liked our line of scrimmage play in general. Our skill people have to be better. Our quarterback has to be better. Our secondary has to be a little bit better. How many, how many carries, Garrett, how many carries do you think Jamal Anderson in that suit? I said, I said, Patterson's on pace for 374. How many carries do you think Jamal Anderson, because I know he set the NFL record. How many carries do you think Jamal Anderson had in 1998, the year they went to the Super Bowl? It's got to be like 350 or something. 410. Ooh. He went 410 Do you think a guy's ever going to run for 410 carries ever again? No. Do you think someone's going to run for 375? 410 carries. Wow. 1,846 yards. 14 touchdowns. And he averaged four and a half yards per carry. Good God. That's that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, averaged, that's that's unheard of in averaged, today's game. He averaged 25.6 rushing attempts per game. 25.6 rushing attempts per game. I think the average for starters on Sunday was probably closer to 12 or 13. Yeah, I mean, Patterson's had two games of 16, and that was his career high. What do you think Derrick Henry's top two rushing attempt seasons are? Like his highest ever. What are his two highest number of 350. carries? 350. 378 in yeah. 2020, which led the league, and he had 303 in 2019. I mean, Michael Turner had big, big seasons, but they're different types of backs. I mean, you're not going to win a lot of football games if you have Cordell Patterson toting the rock that many times per game. I mean, he's a great player, but he's also 31, and he's going to wear down. Turner had 376 in 2008, his first year here. He had 334 to lead the league in 2010, and he went 301 attempts the year after that. Now, I love Patterson, but I don't want him carrying the football 300 times because, honestly, he won't be able to he won't he won't be able to survive so again that's why you need algier with all due respect to damian williams um i i i need algier to be active on my roster unless you're telling me he's hurt if he's hurt then put him on ir and let's go on from there 
But those are some staggering numbers that some of those guys had. But he, you know, again, I know some of that will naturally kind of come down because he won't run 22 times. But they need they need more running backs all the way around to help them out in the running game. It can't be just – you can get away with that in week one because there's no beat-up factor yet. But there are a lot of good things, but you have to learn to close out these games. And I don't think their defense got after Winston enough. He had a perfect passer rating in the fourth quarter. I don't think we got enough out of our receivers. I thought Kaderil Hodge had a nice game, and I thought Olamide Zacchaeus. I thought that was our two best wide receivers that that made impactful plays. I thought it was Kaderil Hodge and Olamide Zacchaeus. All right, what is it? What's the quote? No, I, you just got to make the decisions. I mean, it gets down to the 48 and where you want to go heavy, and a lot of it comes down to special teams. So, you know, some weeks maybe we'll have five running backs up, but when you have Avery and Keith who are good special teams players, you got to make that assessment. You know, where are you going to – I know 48 sounds like a lot, but when you're putting that puzzle together, um, you know you're going to have your three specialists up. So it's really about getting to 45. And we felt like we wanted to go heavier more in the interior, in the D-line. Um, with the way the game plan was, with a little bit on a little heavier tight end, and then Kyle ended up playing a significant number of snaps. Drake played more snaps, and uh, and that's a credit to Drake. I mean, the guy, you know, missed a couple weeks, practiced pretty well, and he, you know he was rolling. So uh, hey, oh, oh, okay, stop all that right there. First off, he didn't miss a couple of weeks. He missed a month. He didn't miss a couple of weeks. He missed a month. He didn't practice for an entire month. And if my choices are Damian Williams or Tyler Algier active, Tyler Algier needs to be active. I Again, if you have to reassign Avery Williams to a different position to get him on the field, fine. But Tyler Algier has to be up. Damian Williams is not a competent second back. Now, maybe Tyler Algier will fall on his face, but let me see what my rookie looks like there. Let me get something on my rookie to find out whether or not he can handle it or not. I'd rather have him than Damian Williams trying to run around and get hurt and take two carries and all this other nonsense. Algier has to play. However you want to construct it, call me, coach, and I'll help you get it to 45, 43, 41. All right, more nonsense when we come back. Sports right now to the game, Odyssey.com app. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game Our Falcons Play here Let's get it Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, back with you, John Chuck Show live in the Key Studios at the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief coming up next. 404-741-0929, that's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Could be a part of the show. Odyssey app site, catch us on the go, social media at night on the game, at JMCH316 on Twitter. We'll be back with you tomorrow after Atlanta United, so probably about 8 o'clock, somewhere around in that range. That will be on, so it won't be real, real late because they kick off at 6 o'clock. All right. Braves lead now 3-1. to one. Dansby just hit his 20th homer. Okay? 
So I'm asking this question. Dansby's got 20 homers now. He's got 86 RBI. He He's going to be real close to 100 or get 100, okay? For craps and giggles, let's just say that Dansby finishes 20 homers or let let's uh, let me let's say he finishes with 25 homers, 100 RBI, 20 steals and he wins the gold glove this year. Are the Braves going to be able to afford him? I shouldn't say afford him. Well, are the Braves going to be able to re-sign him? Because obviously nothing is getting done as far as his contract goes. And he ain't playing for eight years at $12 million a year. He ain't, play, he ain't playing for $82 million or whatever. Dansby's going to get, somebody's going to offer Dansby Swanson $200 million plus. Are the Braves willing to go down that hole with Dansby to keep him here? Because I think I think he's going to be hotter than even Trey Turner or some of these other guys. Because this is a guy who's really like coming into the prime years of his career, and he looks like everything has you know really come together. Trey Turner is going to be super expensive, and he's a year older. Um, Correa is probably going to be really expensive, and I'm trying to see. I think. I think Correa is younger. Let's see. Correa is – oh, crap. He's with Minnesota. So, let me see. Correa is uh, – now, yeah, he is a year younger. So, they're all kind of roughly in that same 27, 28, 29-year-old range. But Dansby's an elite fielder, power, speed, does a little bit of everything. Correa's got 19 homers and 54 RBI. You know Correa hasn't stolen a base this year? He has no steals this year. Zero. That's why I say Dansby is going to be as hot of a free agent as there is on the marketplace. And are the Braves going to be able to sign him? Now, I will tell you, for everybody that wants Vaughn Grissom out in left field, he's more likely to be a shortstop than he is play left field. I can tell you that. He's more likely to be a shortstop than he is headed out to left field. If they don't sign Dansby, and I and I'm just I'm throwing this out there. Do you think that they say, look, rather than give Dansby all this money, let's put Grissom at short and let's go address left field? Will that be their strategy? Because at this point, Rosario's not a competent everyday left fielder, right? At, at this point, they're going to try to dump or do something with Marcelo Zuna, right? I think even if they have to eat a whole bunch of money, they're going to ditch Marcelo Zuna. I don't know what Robbie Grossman's contract status is, but with all due respect, you know, he's a cute player. We're talking about a 162-game outfielder. I don't trust Duvall. I don't trust Ozuna. I don't trust Grossman. I don't trust Rosario. So go out and find yourself an everyday left fielder. Because Harris will play center. Ronnie will play right. And you could put Grissom at short, Ozzy at second, Riley and Olsen on the corners. And I got Contreras and Darno. I got one more year Darno. Then I'll sign him to be my backup after that. And I move Contreras to full-time catcher either next year or the year after. It's going to be interesting because 
if I'll say this, I'll put this tag out early. If they get Dansby Swanson to stay here and sign for pennies on the dollar, then Alex Anthopoulos is the greatest GM of all time. If if he gets Dansby for less than, let's say, anything under 20 or $22 million a year, if he gets them for less than that per year, he's the greatest GM in baseball history. Because somebody's going to offer Dansby a stupid contract. Maybe a contract more than what he's actually worth, but with that combination, you have a 25-homer, 100-RBI, 20-steal, gold-glove shortstop. Those guys aren't running around Major League Baseball. Because that's not Correa. That's not Trey Turner. That's not Xander Bogarts. I mean, Dansby's almost making, you know, putting himself in a class by himself with how good he's been this year. And good for him. Listen, I'm I'm not taking anything away from Dansby. I hope Dansby gets paid a crap ton of money. He should. He should cash in. And now he's coming into his physical and baseball prime of his career at 28 years old. This is going to be very interesting. And, oh, by the way, did I mention that Dansby has the same agent as Freddie Freeman or the, the agent that Freddie Freeman had? Did we mention that? This Dansby thing is going to be the, the big story whenever this baseball season um, – Whenever, whenever this baseball season ends for the Braves, whether it's a World Series title and a parade or it ends earlier than that, the Dansby talk is going to that it, it's going to heat up very, very quickly. Because I don't think Dansby's going to have to wait very long to get an offer. I don't know when free agency officially starts in Major League Baseball, but Dansby ain't going to have to wait for a contract. And I hope it's here in Atlanta. I don't know if, you know, again, I don't know what that's going to look like as far as what that number actually comes out to be. Because you look at some of the, the, you know, the Brandon Crawford contracts and stuff like that at short. You know, if he's getting into that range, he is going to cost a crap ton. And all that money that they've saved on everybody else, you know, now will have to be invested. They signed Dansby even for a reasonable contract. They're again going to be pushing toward a $200 million payroll team. Like we're we're talking, we're gonna be talking about the Braves getting into that, you know, somewhere two hundred million dollar. Because guess what comes next? You know what comes next? The best left-hander in baseball's got to get paid, Max Fried. He's got, I think, one more year of arbitration, and then he's got to get paid. Let me look at that to be sure. Was it one year, two years? I know Riley's got. Riley had three years of arbitration, and he was the one that was out there the furthest. Max Fried has, let's see here if I can get to his contract. Max Fried has one more year of arbitration. No, sorry, two more years of arbitration. He's got two more years of arbitration. He's got next year in 2024 for arbitration. He's got two arbitration years left. And by the way, he's going to get a crap ton in arbitration. Maybe, Maybe better just to go ahead and sign him. But again... You're talking about a guy who could be a $200 million pitcher. Left-handed starters in baseball with under three ERAs, that's a valuable commodity. So this this next two 
the next two signings for the Atlanta Braves, which most likely, when we're talking about their core that's coming due, Dansby and Freed, right, as far as core guys, going to be fascinating because they're locking all these guys up early and on the cheap. I, I, I'm I not sure Dansby's going to give them that kind of deal, and I'm not sure Max Freed, because those guys can go in the open market and get a lot. They can command a lot for what they do, where they play, what they are out there. This will be fascinating to see what, what Dansby does. Again, a guy who picked it, you know, Picked his free agent year to have a career year out of all of it. He's had some good years in the past, but this really all kind of came together for him. Amazing how good that he's been this season. All right, we're going to wrap things up with a love TKO up next. Then we'll get out of here for the JR Sports Brief. Sports right now for the game, Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.